The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by Orlando Homes Express, brokered by EXP Realty, proudly serving Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties. Call 407-790-9957 or visit WeSellOrlando.net. Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez, and Brian Murphy with you. We're coming at you early. We're getting this. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night, October the thirtieth, uh, because, well, first of all, I want to go trick or treating tomorrow, and uh, second of all, no, that's not the only for yourself, right? Solely right. For I, yourself. Need to, I need to. I, yeah, I, I I dress up as uh, I, I dress up as Kirk Herb Street, and I go around the mm-hmm. neighborhood asking for candy. Um, uh, again, Brian Murphy and Eric Lopez with us, and also because we're just a couple hours off of the uh, first college football playoff ranking, uh, top 25 ranking coming out, with UCF coming in at number 12. I will say, uh, gentlemen, that, um, you know, I always hoped that we would at least be one of the four best UCF podcasts out there, but... Yeah. I think we came in ranked number 12th, and I don't know if iTunes is going to put us any higher than 6th. Speak for yourself, brother. Our brand will overcome any uh, deficiencies. The other podcasts, on the other hand, they're definitely not cracking the top. (laughs) Shots fired. Against whom? We're not really sure. Anyway, you can find us at blackandgoldbanneret.com. We are SB Nation's UCF team home. We, uh, you can also follow us uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash black and gold banner and on Twitter at UCF underscore banner uh, also follow us individually at Eric Lopez Elo Jeff underscore Sharon and spokes underscore Murphy fellas let's just dive right in on this the rankings are out we've been arguing about it for months seems like um, yeah literally months like more than one month and, uh, and here we are UCF comes in at number 12 in the first CFP rankings uh, Alabama is number one. Three of the top four are undefeated. Uh, Bama at one, Clemson at two, and Notre Dame at four. LSU is the only one-loss team in the top three. They are at number three. Alabama and LSU play this Saturday. The last two out are Michigan at number five at seven and one, and Georgia seven and seven and one. Georgia at number six. After that, you have Oklahoma at seven, Washington State at eight. These are all seven and one teams, by the way. Oh boy! Here Kentucky, we go. Oh no, they Kentucky, have a loss. Kentucky How dare they? at at seven and one at number nine. Ohio State at ten. Florida Fresh off at that big si- win over Missouri. By the way, thank you. Florida at six and two at eleven, and UCF at number twelve at seven and zero. Oh, just ahead of West Virginia and Penn State. So, um, obviously the rea- the reaction seemed to be as you see up by the way is coming off of a bye they play Thursday night at home against Temple the reaction seemed to be kind of a little bit of a shrug like oh that's better than I thought but not really where we want it to be um there is some uh, the, the biggest argument seems to be uh why is UCF at 7 and 0 behind a two loss Florida team at who's one spot ahead of them I think personally, you could make the argument that UCF could be as high as nine, maybe eight. Um, but there they are at matter? twelve. Uh, yes, I think it actually does matter. Why? Um, because you Tell need as much of a head start as humanly possible. If they're going to have any hope of getting into the top four, 
you got to have as much of a head start as possible. Yeah, but here's here. This is no. This is where people have this wrong. Just because Florida is ahead of UCF now doesn't mean that Florida is going to get in over UCF in the playoff. It's not going to happen. But that's, that's but, what, but I'm not. But I'm not like making that point. argument. I'm not making that argument. What the argument I'm making is, if UCF, if the college football playoff wants to retain its legitimacy oh, as an it. organization, stop. then it needs to. Then, this is the system then how do you? Then how do you put? Oh yes, There's congratulations, no congratulations for criteria. stating the obvious. That okay. doesn't it. That doesn't enlighten anyone. No, this is the problem. People assume that they have to put teams that are undefeated. No, they don't. There's no criteria. How many times do I have to explain this to people? There is no criteria. It's subjective. Their goal is to pick, in their opinion, who the four best teams are, regardless of record or conference. Then why do they rank the top 25? I don't. I agree with you. They shouldn't. I personally don't think they should have a rankings out now. You want to know why they have it now? It's so people like us can talk about it and create content because they love the noise. This is what they they thrive on. Everybody being upset. They love the this noise. Is, That's why they do it. This is the primary issue that I have, and I t- and I said this on Twitter earlier today when the rankings came out. Is that it's almost diabolical where they decided to put UCF. Because oh, they're stuck in no 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 they're stuck in no man's land. I thought they were very respectful of UCF. I actually you could make that ar- you could make that argument based on I last year, but guess UCF. what? I thought no, no, last I just... year didn't count. So here's why this is diabolical. UCF is stuck in no man's land. They're yeah. not low enough where it's it will it would be obviously seen as a middle finger to UCF, and they would but. They're not high enough where they need – and Trevor Maddich actually just said this at halftime in the the uh, the Buffalo uh, Ball State game that I was watching on uh, ESPN uh, – or on ESPN too. He said there's not – he said for UCF to move – even if UCF goes undefeated, they're heading into the thickest part of the schedule, Temple, Navy, Cincinnati, USF, and possibly Houston in the conference championship game. Even if all the dominoes, even if all the dominoes fell in front of them, it's yeah. still too many. It's too many dominoes yeah. to fall, and oh, that. Geez, if only someone would have said that for like the last multiple episodes of podcast. <laughs> Anybody brought that up before? Who said that they had quote no chance? Oh, that was me. Thank you. Yes, that was me. You just realized this. You all just realized this. No, just I'm. Now. I'm not saying that I just realized. I'm saying that it just confirms everyone's suspicions. What suspicion? Tell me it's, the suspicion. It, the suspicion There's a conspiracy? Is, yeah, absolutely. That that, that they oh, are really? conspiring to keep a to ask, keep a group so, of five team out of the out of the top four. That's what they're doing. They don't no, want that to happen. No, no, no. Here's what it is. They don't believe that the group of five is in the same level as those teams. Now, I don't agree with that, but that's their belief. I actually Their belief think, is I wrong. What's you. so hard? What's so hard about admitting that? No, I'm right. No, I'm the one that's right. You're wrong. You thought there was some hoppy, like poppycock opportunity for them to get to the playoff. I never thought they would get to the playoff. And I'm going to give credit to the only person that has made sense of this and has common sense, and that's Brian Murphy, who has said, "Everybody." <laughs> he's the only one that actually understands how this works and the most important thing that you fail and people to dismiss the only thing that matters is not where UCF's ranked it's that they're who they are ahead of and they're ahead of every team including Fresno State by a wide margin so, which means if UCF wins out they're going to play in the Fiesta Bowl and a Peach Bowl and you know what comes with that a big fat check and a big 
bowl game. And their brand grows and continues to grow. And when it continues to grow, it gets more respect. You saw that tonight. They spent, what, I would say about 20 minutes talking about UCF in a college football playoff show, for crying out loud. And they're about, you know, hey, what do you think about their ranking? And they were very respectful of it. I think it was a tremendous night. It tells you that the program is building. It's getting more respect. That's how this works. I'm sorry that you don't believe that you feel that they should be number four. That's not going to happen. I it's never said that. Nope, nope, nope. I never said yeah, that. Did. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Did you no, not I didn't. just write an article about all the things UCF needs to happen to get in? You I didn't. No, I did Again, you wow, you're way, way off, Eric. I don't know what you you're smoking, wrote, but I'm you got you gotta get off of that stuff UCF real quick. I did not say I did not say I think UCF should be number four right now. I did not say that. No, but you think they should you thought they had an opportunity to eventually be there. And I'm I saying think, I think no, that if they if they if they should have an opportunity to be number four. Yeah. Great. Get it, but that's not gonna be in this system. And that's, this system is not going to okay, change. You can't, okay, so this, is what's, this is what's crap right here, is you keep what? saying the same thing. Well, that's the system. The system's, yes. the system's broken. The system's messed up. They're selling something that's not true. They're selling right. the idea. They're selling the uh, idea that all 130 teams in FBS have a chance, and they don't. Hold on, hold on. So that's a lie. I'm going to say like two sentences, and then you all can go back. Uh <laughs> I really will. Yes, the system sucks, and we can we can gripe about that. We also need to come to the conclusion and the reality that the system will not change until 2024. So this sucks, and we're stuck with it. No matter what we do, Correct. we're stuck with it. So could, I mean, we got we got to so, live with it, I guess. Okay, okay, but and, what's wrong? But what is wrong with UCF coming out and saying, "Hey, guys, this system sucks. It's messed up, and it needs to be changed." Not, no, because they can they, say it. They can say it, but nothing's going to change. Okay, Correct. but that's but that's not what Eric's saying. What Eric's saying is that UCF should shut up. No, I didn't. no, 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 no. Now you're putting words in my mouth. You can compl- You can state what you want. What I'm saying is, you've got, you said constantly stop tweeting and and all that kind of stuff. No, I, I, what I have a problem with is, is with when it gets per- when you're doing cheap shots, you're you're bringing you know you're calling out commentators and you're calling you're making it personal. Just just saying some of the most uh, terrible things that the fans have said is disgusting. Like some of the, like oh, I get but it. wait a second, boohoo! Desmond Howard making his lazy argument about playing mid-level power no, fives. No, what has UCF been doing the last ten years? My well, that I agree. That's stupid. But I'm saying is you don't have to say, hey, your family is this and this. What you say is you point out. No, you can. No, no, no. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not going to allow you to cherry pick stuff like that. We all know that that's stupid and that's wrong. But don't make it okay. out that everyone else is everyone is saying that. It is no, totally I, fair for no, UCF but, but fans I, and media members to call out other media members for being completely correct. wrong. No, but I think but here's the point. It's not just UCF fans. It's the whole sport. It's the whole fan base and some of the media that acts like this. Paul Feinbaum acts like this. Mike Bianchi acts like this. They act like children. And there this is a very easy conversation. And I what I've said, this is not a UCF problem. There are multiple problems. The Pac-12, if I'm Larry Scott tonight, why do I like this system? You're going to get shaft. You're not going to have any chance of making the playoff either. Guess what? In fact, I think UCF has a better chance of making the playoff <laughs> than the Pac-12 yeah. champion. So don't well, give me this crap that it's a group of five thing because the Pac-12 is being treated like a, quote, group of five. So let's no, not, they're not. Washington only- State can get in. <laughs> How? They don't have any quality wins. There's nobody outside of Utah. Like, they're not. They're going to get jumped. They're going to get jumped by the Big 12 champion 
or the system is set up the way it is. I'm sorry, I don't like it, but I'm telling you, it's not going to. Murph's right; they're not going to change it to 2024. And you're not the victim here. Everybody, this is not the first time this has happened before. And the funny thing is, I think UCF is actually getting more of a benefit of the doubt because I would argue that their resume this year is not even close to last year's resume. So I think they're actually benefiting from their success. And I think they're getting respect. And I think that's a plus. And I think that's a big positive from this. Build your brand and you keep winning. And now you're getting that respect that you were looking for. I thought that was the whole point of why we were upset about where we rank because we just want our respect. Where you're starting to get the respect. Not when you're behind a two-loss team. Sorry. Oh, stop it. No. Well, let me ask you something. Wait, wait. So so that by your theory, I, I love this whole bull crap about, well, if a team has two losses, they shouldn't play. Well, by that theory, the New England Patriots shouldn't be in the Super this Bowl. This isn't because- pro football. Stop it. That's no, a, that's, that's a, point. That's a, that's a straw man. Problem. Why don't we bring up that flaw in the system? Why should a team be punished if you drop a game or two? You play completely different schedules. The whole purpose, this is why you're wrong. This is why the system is what it is. You don't like it, but it is. They have only said their job is to pick the four best teams. That's it. There is no criteria. That's the problem. Until you add criteria, they can do whatever they want. Period. Uh, it's, 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 it's rotten to the core. It's rotten to okay, the core. And- well, you know what, Jeff? It's real simple. Turn the clicker off. Don't watch the sport. Don't go to the game. Don't cover it. If you don't like it, it's, it's real simple. It's, oh, wait. So you're saying now I should just, like, stop covering UCF altogether? Yeah. Really? Obviously, the system's terrible. It's corrupted. It's conspiracy. If you have a bit, if you really are that upset by this, I, then go ahead. Don't, don't watch it. It's fine. Don't watch the selection show. Why are we watching the rankings? Why are we talking about it right now? We should be talking about a volleyball team that won't lose ever again or a men's soccer <laughs> team that's in the top ten. But the funny thing is all people keep talking about are this pointless rankings that has no bearing on anything. The only poll that matters from these clowns is come December. Nobody It doesn't matter what they're ranked now. It doesn't. If they lose to Temple this week, does it matter at that point where they're ranked? Well, no, if they lose to Temple, of course not, because they're just going to drop UCF out of the top 25 anyway. Yeah, and so what? Then you're out of the division race in your conference. Win your conference first. Are we it's, sure we're even the best team that's in the our thing. conference? It's not, it's not going to matter if UCF wins the conference. And that's where, you know what? I'll give you credit, Eric. No, no, you're right. It doesn't, you it doesn't matter. You're going to play in the Fiesta and the Peach No, 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 no. no. It doesn't right. matter if UCF wins the conference, because if they do win the conference, they're not going to they're, they're not going to get – to the playoff, which is the whole, which is the Correct. whole point of the of the argument that we're having here, right? But this, but we knew this already. Why are we acting like somehow this that's like a shocking development? Because it's not. because the powers that be sell us every year on this they is the don't. year they can. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. No, I'm they, looking, Eric. I'm looking at the website right here, and what do I see across the very top? Yep. I see the logos of every conference, not the five power conferences. Every Correct. single one. The very first one is the and American they, Athletic their Conference. Job, again, their job and if that's and if that's the case, if you're selling yourself as the be all end all of Division One FBS college football, then you can't de facto disqualify half of the teams in it. But they, of course, they can because that's their role. No, they, they can't. Do. Why not? Who says? You have Tell to. Tell me you, why. why you don't have they? to. You have to make it so that these teams actually have a chance. 
Because if not, then they're stuck effectively in college football limbo. So they're not. They can't better, play at FCS you, really saying, because so what, what that you, actually does you, have a playoff, feel, and they can't play. So and they're not better, in the Power Five conferences, so they so, would, so they can't win a championship there. They're stuck in limbo, just, and what that does yeah. is it hurts yeah, all of these schools what? economically because they yeah. don't get the added exposure of the playoff. Number one, they don't yeah. get the added revenue of the playoff. Number two, and they don't get to prove that their programs belong on that level. Number three. Oh it no! Is, so it, you're they're the definitely five B's they're are hurting their money to themselves. I'm shocked. Yes, I'm really shocked. They are, and in this, oh my and it, god! Then, then why is there? No, 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 no. The, if it, yeah, the Power Five schools are keeping all the money to themselves, and if that's yeah. the case, then why do we even have the other 65 schools in that in that league in the same level? Some people, in the, some people would would the say whole, ask the same question. The some whole, people would actually the whole concept want of a Power Five of a Power Five versus a Group of Five is a myth. It's it's completely made up. It's not an the actual thing. The whole sport thing. is built on myth. The whole sport is a myth. There's no such thing as a national title. It doesn't exist. Really? Then why are they That's calling the themselves thing. national champions if they win the college football playoff? Oh, as we proved last year, anybody can be called a national champion. No, not anybody. Sure. I'm no. declaring us national champions of UCF podcast. Okay, now you're being ridiculous. Now you're just no. That's just a stupid argument. That's just no, a stu- no. That's a completely stupid argument, no and you know proof. it. We went under. No, it's- all I'm saying is this. Here's my point. Here's the thing you don't get. This is the system. Okay, it's not changing. You keep coming back to that 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 dumbass argument, and it's it. Yeah, it's it's and it's not going to change. It's not going to change. Get over it. Either accept it or don't. I don't care. I'm not saying you have to agree with it, but get over it. You're not going to be in the top four. My thing is enjoy the ride. Don't worry about it. It's not on your control. It's not going to change anything. Who cares? You already knew what you were getting yourself. If then I told that, you, then, then what they need to then what ago. they need to say then then what they need to say the powers that be the experts that run this whole thing is right. what did we hear last year? We said well maybe if they go undefeated two years in a row, UCF may very well go undefeated two years in a row, and it still won't matter. Why should that even matter about this year? Because they said it did. On the ranked twelfth. I think that's pretty good. It's not. You know, <clears throat> you know what could happen, guys, is we could talk all about the playoff and they can't, they won't get in, and how can they not let us in? Whatever, whatever, whatever. But what could happen is they go back to the Peach Bowl. They play someone like I don't know, who, you know, Florida or whatever, whoever, a big team. They beat them again, and then here comes Eric DeSavo. <laughs> Walk, walking up to Danny White, and what's Danny White going to say? Back to back, back baby. to We're back, champions again. <laughs> back right. to back, and right. then he goes back. He goes back to back, and he and he puts UCF right back where they were January second, right back right. in the news, right back in the cycle. And he right. is he is he is a pig in slop. Then he is living the dream at this point. Uh, I want to be. I, I want to be standing right next to Danny White when he says that. I seriously do. I cannot wait for that to happen. But here's what I think is going to happen. If UCF goes undefeated, and then we'll move on to the Temple game, is they could very well go undefeated. They'll put UCF at number six, so that we see UCF in that on that full screen graphic where they show the top four teams and the last two left out. So we'll see UCF on that graphic that'll get spun around all over the internet and all over television. And then they'll ship UCF off, off to the Fiesta Bowl as a giant middle finger to UCF's fan base. Oh, stop. Stop. No, Please. I'm telling you. Jeffrey. That's not Jeff. that. and, they'll say, and they'll say, okay, you want to you go – and they'll say, you want to go support your team? Good. Fly 2,500 miles out west. Have fun, guys. Yeah. What? You don't, you, don't, you don't think they did that four years ago? 
Of course they did it for you. Of course they did. Of course they did. And you don't think they'll you don't think they'll have more fans out there this time now that they're UCF now? It's not really an but issue. It, it, but it won't be you the same. Just... It won't be the same as if they play in the Peach Bowl. It won't be. That's I I, I kind of disagree. Changing the message here because all I kept hearing about oh we we were really more upset about how low we were ranked last year because we were felt disrespected. Now you're saying if they're number six, that's not even good enough. Not even if good UCF enough. If UCF goes undefeated, no, I don't think it's good enough. Why not? Based on what? Based on the fact that they haven't lost any games. So what? Why does it matter? That's not what the system is. It's not, hey, guys, if you're undefeated, you're in the playoff. I'm sorry. Unless that's in the criteria, let me know. It's not. This is subjective. You might think, and I might think, UCF's better than Notre Dame. But other people think Notre Dame's better than UCF. And guess what? There's no way of proving that either way, unfortunately. Sure there is. Put them in the playoff. No, they're not. They're not going to play Notre Dame in the playoffs. So, if UCF were to make the playoff, you know who they're going to get? They're going to get Alabama. Unless Alabama loses. Get... No, Alabama will be the one seed regardless. You don't know that. They... Okay, whatever. Okay. No, you don't, no, you don't okay. know that. By the way, by the way, so were you outcried? Were you upset when Florida State, who had won a national title in 2013, went undefeated in 2014, and they were a three seed playing Oregon in the Rose Bowl? Uh, no, I w- no, I wasn't upset about that at all because they got in. No, they were undefeated. Why weren't they number one? I, I, they, if, they still, they still if got all in. All that matters is go undefeated. They were the only they undefeated. Got, no, 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 no. They got in the tournament. That's the point. Yeah, and you see, unfortunately, UCF's probably not going to get in because they're not going to get in. Jeff, I'm sorry. Okay, let me know the up with a better. You got to come up with a better reason than that for me, man. Okay, you can't tell be- me the quality wins. That, tell me the quality wins they have. Wait a minute. Wait. If you're t- no, no. If you're telling me that that's that that's a part of the that that no, that's because, part of criteria no, now. No, no, because clearly what it sounds like to me, what you're telling me is if you go undefeated, you should be in the playoffs. So I say let's just schedule all FCS schools and go undefeated every year, so we can get into the playoff. My well, argument do is that. I don't think win loss record has anything to do with who the four best teams are. Clearly, it doesn't. doesn't. Correct, and it shouldn't. Why I not? Agree with that. Because just because you have a loss doesn't mean you're worse than a team that's undefeated. You play different schedules, clearly. Like, do you think the Jacksonville Jaguars are still this, better than the Patriots because they beat them? No, the Patriots are clearly you're, a again. Team. You keep bringing up this NFL argument. We're talking about a different yeah, it's sport. Called sports, Jeff. You might want to look it up. It's called sports. Uh, you know, they play. No, it's it doesn't apply. The NFL rules don't apply to college football, as we know. Yes, you know why? Because they have criteria. Because they have a criteria which college football needs. I don't agree. I don't disagree with you that the system's not good, but I'm not going to act I, like I'm I, shocked I, by I think, I think you don't want there to be criteria. That's what I think. I do. What are you talking about? I just wrote no, about it. I'm I, know, I, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I, okay, fine. If you want, if you want a, a, an 18 playoff, that's fine. But in the meantime, until the system, by the way, gets changed, which, by the way, I'm not all that confident it will be in 2024, 2025. I'm not that confident that it will be. Right, it could be longer. You're right. The sport moves like glaciers. I agree with you. And that's wrong. And that's where you need – and that's where I think if you're UCF and the other 64 teams in FBS that are stuck Uh, in this non-existent group of five, you need to start looking at legal action. Uh, Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, you might – no, stop it. Utah tried that too, and that didn't go anywhere. By the way, you might want yeah, to include oh, – Wait, wait, no, no, no. Wait, wait, it did wait, 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 It wait. did go somewhere on, because now on. we have the playoff. No, do this favor. Since we really want to be fair, can you include other Power 5 schools that have no chance of making the playoff? Like Wake Forest will never make the playoff. They can go 12-0. and 0. They're not going to make it because they're Wake Disagree. Forest. Disagree. Nope, wrong. Oh, please. No. 
If they Please. go, to, if they go thirteen and zero and win the ACC, ask, Wake Forest will get in. Ask TCU and Baylor about that. Ask TCU and Baylor, who got passed over by an Ohio State team that was one of them. A, a one of them was one of them had one loss, and the other one didn't play thirteen games. They only played twelve. Oh, now we're nitpicking it. Now, now we're nitpicking it. Yeah. Wait a minute. I, wait, wait. So that justifies Ohio State jumping them in the last weekend. That justified it with a backup quarterback. Acor- according to according to the uh, to the uh, chair of the college football playoff, yeah. All I'm saying is this. That's where we I got the whole argument about the thirteenth data point, whatever the hell the that truth is. That you don't. This is the truth that you don't accept, and others don't. There's only about fifteen to twenty programs that have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs and win the national title. That's a problem. I agree with you. I'm just telling you, this is not just a group of five things. And then if it's only 15 or 20, then maybe those 15 to 20 should break off and form their own league. And they would like to do that. Then why don't they? Well, I think we're headed towards. No, no, no. Why don't they? Why don't they do it now? Because they're making plenty of money as it is. They, but it, but wait, but based on that logic, they can make more money doing doing their own I thing. I think we are. I think we. Why have a split it among thing. all of the other conferences? Why? Who says we won't? No, you're not answering my question. You're avoiding my question. Contract. We're wasting time here, and we're going to move on to real, you know, teams that are performing on the field. This nonsense because you're in denial. You won't accept the fact that I was right. UCF has no chance of making this playoff. So you're being upset about this. No, no, and no. I I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm not saying that they have no chance. First of all, I don't think you can even say that they have no chance. But what I'm saying, and you can't. I actually really, think they have a one chance now. I actually think the committee's giving them a fair shake now. I don't think more the committee, I thought, I don't think I the committee that, will ever give him. I wouldn't a, say fair. I would say a more. Uh, they've given him more of a chance than I thought they would. No, I, I don't think the committee will ever even give him a fair chance. Uh, a fair chance. Once we get down to well, December, not, they'll just okay, lock him out. Let's not That's, watch it then. You know, and, let's and, not watch it. We need to watch it. Yeah, and but what they're but what I'm saying is, you can't have a de facto situation where only half the sport is eligible. You can't. If that's the case, then you need to form a new. Then you need to form your own official division. And lock the and other teams out. And I think if you're not careful, we could be headed for that in about a decade. I, there is a division in college athletics. This is not just a football thing. Let's, we're, everybody's acting like football somehow is like this injustice. Watch the NCAA tournament committee show uh, in all these Olympic sports. Tell me there's not a uh, biasness there either. Well, of course there's a bias, but at least the, the conference champion from the lowest possible conference gets a yeah, berth. Yeah, they get shafted when they don't get a chance to host. Trust me. Life ain't fair. Do they still get into the tournament? That's the thing. Okay, expand the playoff. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. Hey, you think Fresno State? Why, why aren't you making the claim for Fresno State who has one loss? Why shouldn't they get a chance if they win the Mountain West? Why shouldn't they get a chance? What about Houston? Aren't they you, do are deserve you it. They do deserve a chance. Houston, by the way, not being ranked is an absolute travesty. Thank you. Okay. Absolute travesty. That's the real legitimate stuff you should be upset about. Uh, no, since we're not a Houston podcast. Well, for that, for that, we for that we go to our friends at the Scott and Holman podcast. But anyway, um, in all seriousness, if I'm the American Conference, that's the concern. Forget where UCF's yeah. ranked. The fact and, that UCF's the only ranked team in your league, that's a concern. Yeah, and watch what's and now watch what's going to happen the rest of this the rest of the season because they're going to purposely keep UCF as the only American Athletic Conference team oh, in the top bro, 25 just bro. to artificially ding their Somebody strength give us of schedule. A and it's going to start with the Temple Owls, who are UCF's next game on Thursday night. It is the UCF space game. Segway. Perfect segue. Uh, now, we, now, among us, remember we were saying, God, this Temple team, how, what a horrible start. 
Uh, 0-2 start. They lost at home to Villanova and Buffalo. Ugh. But since then, Jeff Collins, former defensive coordinator for UCF, mind you, under George O'Leary. Remember that? Uh, he has uh, figured something out with this Temple team. They've won five of their last six. They've held opponents in their five wins to no more than 17 points in each of those victories. The one loss was a 45-35 loss at Boston College. They're coming off a, an overtime victory over Cincinnati where they uh, knocked the uh, Bearcats from the uh, rankings of the unbeaten. And Temple is also coming off of a bye week as they head down here to UCF. The weather's going to be warm. It's going to be 84 degrees during the day. Uh, problem with this Temple team here, guys, is as we should expect from a Jeff Collins coach team, their defense is actually pretty good. They're fourth in the country in fewest mm-hmm. passing yards allowed. They are second in the country in team pass efficiency defense. Uh, they are 31st in the country in scoring defense as well. They're only giving up 21.4 points per game, and their red zone defense is very good. They're holding teams to 65% in the red zone. That's top three in the country. Uh, my question for you, Brian Murphy, as we finally bring you in, is Hi. <laughs> is uh, uh, how much of a concern is this Temple team for a UCF club coming off of, uh, well, I mean, let's face it, it was it hasn't been the most spectacular performances the last two games out, but you got that bye week, right? They did have a bye week. That is correct. Uh, breaking news. Uh, I think they kicked the yeah, tar at a bye too, as well. By the way, we yeah, they really. Out. I mean, they moved up. Everybody moves up on they moved up. I mean, yeah, you, seriously. Um, it's a big, it's a big test defensively, or for the UCF offense, big test because yeah, like you mentioned, the, the Temple secondary is is really stout. Uh, they have not allowed a pass play of beyond 15 yards in the last three games. Uh, Wait a minute, what? They've just, it's yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, they've just been shut, especially in college football in this era. Yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty nuts. Like no, you, have, you would allow a 15-yard pass play by accident in college football. <laughs> right. Now, two of those three games did come at home against ECU, uh, who, was, who, was, who was starting a different quarterback than they are now, and Navy, who just doesn't throw the ball. Still, the point remains, <laughs> it's, it's pretty nuts. Uh, so here, here comes Temple into UCF uh, against a UCF team that's averaging – uh, about nine nine plays per game of twenty yards or, or twenty yards or more. Now some of that is uh, special teams and and I think a couple more defensive or, as well. But but it, it, it's a good clash a good clash of this explosive offense versus really stout defense. Uh, it's funny you bring up all those passing defense numbers because let's see how, let's see how that UCF passing offense is going. Oh wait, we have a we're still waiting to see if Mackenzie Milton's going to play in this game because yeah. we're still not sure. What is the what is the latest on Mackenzie Milton based on what you've been saying? Like what like it, uh, you've been around the team this week, you've been following things you, you, very closely. Yes. I, I know Josh Heupel's basically was not was fairly uh shall we say abbreviated about Mackenzie's <laughs> status, but but what is his status for this coming game? Is he going to play? His official status is a game time decision. It was the same status he had to the ECU game. Uh, well, I, I well I, I beg to differ because he was not a game time decision until it was literally game time, and then he was a game time decision. <laughs> right? Yeah, actually, that's that, that's a good point. Heibel didn't let us know that he was a game time decision until after the game. Until um, it was game time when he decided. <laughs> yes, that's a fact. Uh, you know, last week during the bye, we we met with Heibel and the players a couple times, 
And uh, they held two practices last week. Uh, they held one on, I want to say, Tuesday and then one on Friday, I believe it was. And on neither of those practices, uh, Heupel said that uh, McKenzie did not take first team, uh, did not take any snaps in the first team offense. Okay. Uh, so today, which is their last practice before the game, uh, he did say that McKenzie made a game time decision, said that he is, quote, uh, moved in the right direction uh, with his with his ailments. We're not exactly sure uh, what his particular ailments are. I mean, we can only sort of put pieces together, but whatever's ailing him, he's getting better. Uh, I asked uh, Heupel uh, if McKenzie took any uh, reps with the first-team offense this week in practice, and he declined to answer that. So if you want to, like, nitpick and, like, you know, like comb for answers here, the fact that he at least told us during the bye that McKenzie was, was not on the field for, for the first-team offense during the bye. And then this week, he wouldn't say whether he was or not. Um, you can read into that all you want. The hmm. fact is, is that I will show up at around 4.30 and basically go through the same routine that I went through at the ECU game. I'll be watching McKenzie Milton's every movement – even if it looks fine. Uh, and he looked fine warming up for ECU as well. He moved around well in the warm-ups. You know, I have the video out there of him doing his Odell Beckham impersonation with trying to catch the ball one-handed in the end zone. Uh, he came out in full pads and a helmet. It looked like he was going to get ready to go. There was nothing really holding him back, evidently. Uh, and then he didn't play. Uh, so we might see that again. We really might see that again of like, Okay, here we go. He's out there. He's throwing. Oh, yeah, he's in the wide receiver drills again. And there he is trying to catch a ball in the corner of the end zone. He's jumping up and down. He's back out in full pads. Got his helmet on. He's Here's the kickoff. He's in the huddle. And who's the quarterback? Yeah. I mean, it's really going to be the same thing again. One of the advantages for UCF is that they are facing a team that's 96th in total offense and 58th in scoring in Temple. Their offense has not been very good. 103rd in rushing. Uh Whereas UC, mm-hmm. excuse me, whereas UCF's defense has been uh, relatively stout against the pass, although the rushing defense hasn't been all that good. But again, this seems like one of those matchup things. We were talking about this with the ECU game. UCF comes in seventh in the country in rushing offense at two sixty one a game, whereas Temple's rushing defense is not all that hot, ninety second in the country at one eighty three. Could this be a situation where maybe McKenzie plays, but they hide him and run the ball a lot? They certainly could. I mean, they that's basically what they did last week with Daryl Mack. I mean, they kind of held, you know, they kind of hit his sort of passing ability and just sort of said, you know, look, we're going to run wherever we can. I mean, after those first couple series, when we when when the UCF offense really wasn't doing anything and it was, you know, Mack threw some ugly passes, we, we thought, okay, well, maybe they'll bring McKenzie in. And then they didn't. And what they did with Mack is they just stuck to the run. I mean, East Carolina knew they were going to run. And they just couldn't stop them. It didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and so you might see that again. You know, UCF has had a different leading rusher in each of their last five games. That's including quarterbacks and running backs. So obviously, you know, they've got weapons back there. That they're they're going to run the ball, and they can tell you they're going to run the ball. It's a it's a matter of uh, can you stop it? And they, yeah, they might they might unroll the same game plan. Eric, does does do, how does this game help UCF at all? Well, I mean, I mean, I think the interesting thing is I'm fascinated by is how does Jeff Collins try approach this UCF offense? Does he blitz them? Does he mix up the coverages? You now it's hard to, you know, I think that's going to be interesting from that standpoint. What kind of scheme does Jeff Collins have? Collins now, wasn't a real big blitzing guy here, was he? 
Uh, yeah, I, he blitzed more when he was at Florida recently. But yeah, yeah, he's he's a good defensive guy. Well, um, when he was working alongside Randy Shannon, interestingly enough, I I I'm not as uh, you know. It's funny everybody's jumped in back on the Temple bandwagon because they've won like five in a row or five of the last six. Um, the thing is, I don't believe unless UCF defensively plays a sloppy game, which they did, they have, they play sloppy at times. I don't know how Temple moves the football here. I, I'm not sold on Temple offensively yet. I know Russo's played well at the quarterback position, but I'm sorry. I know they've gotten better, but this is still a team that lost to Villanova at Buffalo. Now, Buffalo's actually turned out to be pretty good in the MAC, so I don't think that's Yeah, I was watching them a little bit earlier today. They got that quarterback who's like six foot seven. He's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There's a lot of good teams out there that aren't getting a chance for the system, by the way. Um, See, I told you, I told you, I told you he didn't I was right. Anyway, go ahead. I mean, you know, it's not a one, you know, it's not a one team isolation here. Um, so I think the question will be, I, it's hard for me to discuss this game because I don't know what we're getting at the quarterback position. Who are we getting? Are we getting Mackenzie Milton healthy? Are we getting Mackenzie Milton in less than a hundred percent? Are we getting Der- a Mac? I don't know. I, I assume we're getting Milton, but, uh, I don't know. I still think this is a game in the line of scrimmage UCF has to control. And I think if they do that, they will have no problems. But I think Temple is going to try and shorten this game. I don't think Temple knows they 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 can't get into a shootout. So I think it's important for UCF to get off the field defensively. And I am curious to see how they respond after uh, the time off after the East Carolina game. Might be one of those. Another one of the. It feels like it's another one of those games where we're going to be biting our nails after the first quarter because UCF is going to look a little rusty. But you know, but you're, I do agree with you that over the course of the game, I mean, this is the this is the part of UCF that I think gets underrated is they is they have the ability to wear teams down, wear teams like Temple down with the run, and I think that's what they right. did against ECU. This is better competition than ECU as UCF heads uh, heads down the stretch. By the way, Temple's <laughs> their home stretch is no uh, no 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 walk in the park either at UCF at Houston. Home for USF, of course, they do finish at UConn, but still those three games uh, coming up for them are going to be key. And remember, these are the last two uh, undefeated teams in the American East, it should be noted. So um, so this is a critical, critical football game for both squads, but most especially UCF, given how much is on the line. I agree. We could talk all we want about the rankings. It doesn't matter if you don't win your division, first of all. Let's focus. Win your division. Eh, tell that to Bama. Tell that to Bama. Well, the SEC has a million teams ranked, so they have more luxury than the American, unfortunately. Eric, Eric, I did want to ask, how do you like this? How do you like this line? I mean, the line series obviously have put this line in with the the uncertainty of of knowing what Milton's status is. UCF is a a 10 point favorite. What do you think about that? I think it's a conservative number because they don't know what's going to happen at the quarterback position. Yeah. So I think this is a conservative number. I would not even touch Temple with that. I, in fact, I would. I mean, if you know UCF, I would take with that. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think this game will be close. Um, I think it'll be about a thirty-seven point UCF win, to be honest. But they're they're predicting uh, okay minus ten and a half for UCF over under sixty and a half. Sixty-six percent of the money is on UCF. Seventy percent is on the over. That score predictor thing, which was remarkably close to that Memphis game, has like a thirty-nine or forty to thirty-one game in favor of UCF, which I think is a little weird. The spread did open at twelve and it dropped down to ten and a half. But um, 
I don't know, man. I mean, this is there's. I think this is going to be tighter than people think. I think that a lot of people are kind of overlooking Temple a little bit. I think that they. I think that they're going to. I think that they're a better team than people are giving me are giving them credit for. I'm not going to stand here and say that I'm panic. Like I'm in. I'm not in full scale Memphis panic mode. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, but so, I, so, I, so I, Jeff's, Jeff Jeff Sharon's panic button. I, panic I'm meter. I'm is that an eight? I'm cautiously <laughs> optimistic. I'm cautiously oh, optimistic. So all right. I, I, I just think it's interesting, even though we don't know if Dylan's playing or not. That Vegas is basically saying that if these two teams met on an open field on a on a on a, a neutral site, that UCF would only be a seven point favorite. I think that's really interesting. I, I mean, Temple's defense has been very good, but their offensive problems are real and right. we've seen yeah. what UCF's offense can do even even against a really bad ECU team that game was still on the road they still put up 37 they could have put up more uh I, I just think it's a, it's a really I, I, like Eric said it's it's conservative I think it's really conservative and if if I'm if I'm I think they're just in, yeah I think they're just conservative based on the quarterback situation I, I really but do I, but but the line obviously can't move because we won't know if Milton's playing until game time right so, I agree it, I I, I well, that makes me wonder: Is do they think that Milton won't play? Oh, who well, knows? Well, there's that, or do they, or are they kind of splitting the difference with the line? Like, maybe. like are they yeah, like maybe. are they really saying <laughs> that if if Milton does play, it's a 13 point game? If he doesn't, it's a touchdown game. Maybe there yeah, might maybe. be. A I, don't, I don't know. I am surprised. I am surprised that line came down from the from the open. I would not be surprised if it went back up a little bit. I mean, I would put I would put a lot of money on UCF for that line. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out 7.30. It's ESPN. It's on the mothership on Thursday. Uh, Dave Fleming, Dusty Dvorak, and Gene Chizik, former defensive coordinator for UCF back in the day. And my friend, my friend Laura Rutledge down on the and side. And Laura Rutledge will be here. Um, Gino, by the way, last time he was here, last time he was at UCF, it was a, it was, we were still playing in the Citrus Bowl, I think. But, um, but yeah, the, uh, that's the crew for ESPN. Uh, and don't forget, it is uh, the space game as well. They unveiled the new uniform. By the way, real quick, what do you guys think of the uniforms with the blue? I think it's fine. Didn't I, they? Love I thought they the had uniform. some sort of blue. I thought they had some sort of blue in their helmet last year too. I, I, no, I they know. didn't. It was all. It, it was kind of like like a silvery type thing that they had going on. But they do. But they dropped a little blue on there. The yeah. font is really cool. I think. So, and it's all reflective and stuff. Eric DeSalvo has got a really cool tweet that we that we retweeted out. So, um, love this. I hope we never end this tradition of the space game. I mean, um, it's. I mean, we it's really a, have to use blue. Like we don't. Yes. Blue is not in our color. Why? Whatever happened to using? I don't know your school colors. Stop having. St- stop raining on the parade and have some damn fun. <laughs> oh, this guy. This guy. This is the guy. The, the guy that just was all upset because UCF's ranked only twelve is telling me to have some fun. Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. You're more upset. You're, let me get this straight. You're upset about where they're ranked, but you have no problem with the fact that they're using colors that has nothing to do with the school. Uh, no, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> stick, stick around when we return we got a, a lot of olympic sports action to talk uh, to talk to you about here uh we've got uh volleyball moving up in the rankings we've got men's soccer moving up in the rankings and we got an update for you on women's soccer as well coming off or uh, heading into the american athletic conference uh championship stick around the black and gold banner podcast is back after this 
The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by Orlando Homes Express, brokered by EXP Realty. Sam Unger and his team at Orlando Homes Express proudly serve Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties, specializing in buying, selling, and new construction. Sam is a very proud UCF graduate, class of 2006, and he's got a special deal going on right now for the 2018 UCF football season. Night fans, if you work with Sam to sell your home, he will list it for just 4.8% commission. And if you're buying a home with him, he will rebate you up to $750 at closing. So if you're ready to buy a new home or sell your current home, Upgrade or downsize, Sam and his team have you covered so you can find the right home at the right price in the right location. So give them a call right now at 407-790-9957. Again, that's 407-790-9957. Or visit them on the web at WeSellOrlando.net. Again, that's WeSellOrlando.net. You can also reach them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash We sell Orlando. Get in touch with Orlando Homes Express today and make finding your dream home a reality. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fegley. And I'm Trey Strelko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on. Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez, and Brian Murphy with you here. Uh, it is We're recording actually early because we're coming off of the college football playoff uh, rankings, but there's some other rankings that we wanted to talk about. How about that segue, Brian Murphy? Um, oh boy, you are you are just a I'm, segue. I am on dynamo. fire today. Uh, UCF underscore Banneret on Twitter, blackandgoldbanneret.com, SB Nation's home for uh, UCF sports. Um, let us start with UCF volleyball because they continue a remarkable role in the likes of which we have not seen in a very long time. This is the. Um, they are now 20 and three after sweeping both matches at home um, this weekend uh, in five against Houston, a very good Houston team uh, that's better than their record indicates. And then they won in four against uh, SMU. I was at the Houston match and um, that was the first time I think all season that I personally had seen what I thought was that team get rattled. They were down two to one in that match. Uh, and then in the fourth, they just decided to, uh, they, they just decided, all right, let's just get to five. We'll be fine. And then they got to five and they won it. And uh, and then they followed it up with a victory over um, SMU. Real quick, I'm just going to play a little bit of sound after the Houston match uh, from uh, Coach Dagenet, uh and also uh, Jordan Pingle and McKenna Melville. You know, I give our team credit, even though we weren't playing well at all. Um, we had resilience. We had toughness. And we just we got to the fourth set and we decided we were going to win. Everybody's mentality in the huddle was we are winning this match. We're going to take care of this. 
It's going to take a little bit longer than what we wanted it to, but we're going to win this match. So there was, there was no give up. There was no panic. There was nothing on anybody, even in the set. Did we, didn't we lose a set bad? Yeah, we lose a set bad? Not 25-20 twice. No, it felt like we lost it worse, I guess. But there was, there was no panic. Not at all. There was nothing but let's just execute. Let's try to find rhythm. Let's get comfortable and see if we can just get over the top. There's definitely been matches like that throughout my career. And it's hard and it's frustrating. But when it comes down to it, we just had to settle down, play our game, and trust everyone to do their own job. And supporting each other and staying strong out there, and we, we were able to pull it out. At times, it was very, very intense. And I think it was just staying level-headed is what we had to try to get back to. Because I think when we play super intense, we get really tight and tense. And our game, we just have to flow and kind of go together. Well, that was Coach Todd, along with uh, senior Jordan Pingle and freshman McKenna Melville. Melville, uh, interestingly enough, made, named the American Athletic Conference Offensive Player of the Week and the uh, for the second week in a row, by the way, and also the Volley Mob Player of the Week, uh, as well as the Knights have now won 17 in a row. Like I said, 20-3, 17 in a row. 11-0 in the American, 12-0 at home as they get ready to head back out on the road this week for the Northeastern Road Trip. They're playing UConn and Temple. But this is starting to get really interesting. They moved up again in the rankings, Eric Lopez, from 25 to 23 in the coaches' poll. Even though their RPI dropped down a little bit based on who they played, um, right now UCF's RPI stands at 23, despite the 20 and three record. Um, but they got some help a little bit too earlier this week too, didn't they, in terms of the race for the uh, American Conference ground? Yeah, Cincinnati lost at Tulane. So as a result, UCF has a two-game lead in the standings, which is significant. Remember, yeah. UCF won at Cincinnati. They still and, have to host Cincinnati. Yeah. And a game, uh, and a game in hand right now, so it's technically like a two-and-a-half game lead. Right. right? But two, Yeah, two in the loss column, that's significant. Uh, to have a little bit of a gap there. And, you you know, if you take care of business, you could kind of uh, win the conference. And, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that was significant. The big thing is they won the two matches. And, uh, you know, they beat a Houston team that gave them. You know, and that's the thing. Todd mentioned this when we had him on last week. While you were trying to proclaim them already conference champions, Todd was trying to calm you down, rightfully so. And that is this. <laughs> UCF's now a target to everybody. Like, now when you have that digit next to you, Teams like Houston are going to go after them as their match of the year, and I think that's what UCF saw, and I think it was a good learning experience for them in that Houston match. Yeah, that they're going to get everybody's best shot now moving forward. Um, and I thought the team responded well, considering that you know they weren't at their best and they were getting pushed, but they found a way to win, and that's what good teams do. I don't know how that Houston team is one in ten in the conference after what I saw. That team is good. I don't. I, don't, I, I really. I don't know how they're one in ten. In the conference, I will say though, UCF at eleven and 0, 17 in a row. This is the fifth uh, twenty-win season for UCF volleyball in the last six years under Todd Dagenet, including the last three. But this is the quickest that they've gotten to twenty wins. Um, mind you that they uh, they did win thirteen in a row to start the conference year back in twenty fourteen. When UCF uh, last won the conference, right now, of course, they've won 17 in a row, but they are currently 11-0 in the league. And they are playing, like we said, uh, they're going on the Northeastern road trip. Temple and UConn, they've got, uh, where is it? Oh, there it is. They got UConn on Thursday at 7, and then Temple Saturday at 1 before coming home. And then that next home match is against Cincinnati on Friday, November 9th. So it's going to ramp right back up 
right after that. So let's keep an eye on UCF Volleyball going forward uh, on that. All right. We'll get to women's soccer in a second, but I want to talk about the men's team, which has become the unsung heroes, really, of the fall uh, as they move up in the rankings once again. They're at 11-2-2, two two, 4 one and one in the American, and they're coming off of... Uh, uh, two, well, they've won um, three in a row, and they are unbeaten since uh, f- since September 21st. Uh, and they have one regular season game left to go at home. It's senior day Friday, or senior night rather, Friday at 7 against Cincinnati. Uh, and here is the story for UCF um, men's soccer. They are tied at atop the league at 13 points with SMU. They're both, both teams are 4-1 and 1. All right. Cincinnati, by the way, last in the league. Okay. They're, they're, de- they're dead last at 1-5. and five. Here's what UCF needs to happen. The, the field for the tournament is set. UCF is uh, it, it, going to be UCF, SMU, UConn, USF, Memphis, and Temple. With SMU playing against Temple, there's a potential there for UCF to sneak it, to, to lock up that one spot and possibly host. Um, it depends on how everything shakes out with both of those well, no, teams. I mean, if, I mean, if UCF wins their match, they're hosting. They that's right. Because that's, they have the tie because that's right. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. They had the tiebreaker yeah. arresting me. I was thinking that I forgot that their loss, the one loss was against Temple. Um, Correct. But nonetheless, okay, so if UCF wins that match, thank you, Eric, they um, will host the American Athletic Conference Championship. RPI for UCF right now is at 10 for men's soccer. And in the United Coaches poll, they jumped up again four spots. They're up at number nine now. So UCF is in the top 10. In uh, both football and and men's soccer now, <laughs> and um, this is starting to get really really interesting with this team now, Eric. Because as we head toward the home stretch, you get um, you, you win this match against Cincinnati as you should. You're going to win the conference regular season. You're going to host the conference cho- conference tournament. And at this point now, the sky's the limit. I mean, we're we're staring hosting an NCAA tournament game in the face. At least, maybe more. Yeah. Um, they keep going this route to put this in perspective if they were to win this regular season title it would be the program's first regular season title since 2004 when they won the a sun <laughs> that's a yeah. while back yeah 14 uh, years remarkable. ago yeah it's remarkable yeah. what scott calabrese has done i don't know how the heck we're going to pick the coach of the year at ucf based on the fall alone with that todd i don't and know man the job he's done in his staff and you got scott calabrese i mean you got i mean it's crazy and cal jennings will probably will be the american player of the year will probably be an all-american and they just click and they find ways and uh, you know they have it in their hands they have it in their hands you know they they got the result they needed on the road at memphis last week they got the help they needed with what which was smu knocking off uconn at UConn because they were one point back of UConn going into last weekend and now they have it in their hands now obviously you know they would prefer to win it outright you would need SMU not to win but if UCF wins they would at least win their share of the regular season title they would have the tiebreaker and they would be the hosting the conference tournament which is significant and I think if you would have told Scott Calabrese that at the beginning of the year they would have taken it UCF is the fourth best scoring offense in the country they are uh, they're averaging 2.6 goals per game behind St. Mary's, Wake Forest, and Air Force. Uh, and Cal Jennings, you mentioned him, um, is still holding at second in the nation in goals with 19 uh, through a couple of days ago. Andre Shinyashiki of Denver is still at 24. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just been a remarkable stretch, r- remarkable run for this team. And let's see how they do as they finish things up 
against uh, against Cincinnati at home. Again, that game is Friday at 7 p.m. And then stay tuned to UCFKnights.com and the American Athletic Conference as well for the tournament, which starts is scheduled to start Tuesday, November 6th. So quite possibly a four-day turnaround for UCF, but at least you're at home, right? Um, not not too bad in that well, case. Well, and, that, and that's a great point because you're looking at you win, you don't have to, you know, you stay home and host a tournament. If you lose and let's say SMU wins it or if UConn win, now you're taking a flight to Dallas or a flight to Stores, Connecticut. That's mm-hmm. a big difference. Yeah, which they've done each of the last two years, by the way, I should mention. Now, it's, uh, now, now, now remember, they did expand to the six-team format. That's right. So the top two would get a bye, so they wouldn't have to play right away if they're a top two seed. But still, uh, you'd rather be at home than get on a flight somewhere. Right, it's kind of, it's kind of like almost like a double advantage where you can you can play at home and you get that, that Tuesday off. So uh, if UCF does clinch home field, they would not have to play until... Uh, Thursday, and they would play at home against the team that would have played on Tuesday. So, um, so that's the update on men's soccer. All right, Eric, here we go. Women's soccer. Regular season's over. Um, heartbreaking loss in Tampa to finish the regular season. As uh, UCF had in the first half, they had a shot go off the post uh, that would have given them the lead in Tampa off the foot of Stephanie Sanders. Um, and then in the 82nd minute, they give up the goal to USF. Uh, and go down uh, one to nothing in the season finale uh, in Tampa. USF wins the regular season championship, uh, and uh, UCF finishes nine six and one six and three in the American six and two away. Interestingly enough, three and three at home. Uh, but the standings uh, show UCF um, finishing up. In third place, that was real. That was really what hurt them, Eric. Because and how did that all go down? Because Memphis had that game against Tulsa. They were down and they came back and won. Yeah, they exploded in the second half. And uh, I watched the UCF match. You know, they had chances. It got to the 81st minute, and USF got the goal with their best player, who's the player of the year. And unfortunately, UCF didn't get the result uh, they were looking for. And uh, Memphis jumped them. So now they got to play Wednesday. They're playing Temple. And that means you got to play an extra match. You got to win three matches now to win the tournament instead of just two, and that's a that's a big difference from a standpoint. You're gonna have 90 extra minutes in your legs, so now they got to go through Memphis's draw. If they were to beat Temple, they would have to play Memphis, and then if they win that, more than likely they would have to play USF, who has not lost at Corbett Field, which is their soccer stadium. They have not lost there since 2016. Yeah, that's a so, problem. So, and unfortunately. I, they have to win this tournament to get into the NCAA. Uh, yeah. They needed that win in the regular season in the worst way, for obvious reasons, the regular season title and all that, but they didn't get that jump in the RPI. So their RPI is 66. The problem is, yes, you could beat Memphis and maybe try to argue that you're better than Memphis, but then if you lose to South Florida, that probably hurts your RPI because of a win percentage deal. So realistically, win the tournament because it is your best shot to win, to make it to the NCAA. I would, don't believe they would get in that high of an RPI. I just went through this with softball. And, and I think, unfortunately, uh, that's where UCF is. The good news is it's in Tampa, so you don't have to get on a plane. You can, you can you bus there. You just played there. So what you need to do is take care of Temple early, try to get some subs in if possible, and then have them rested up for Memphis, and and you know, and you know, you've got the best goalie in the in the conference. So you always have a chance when you have the best goalie. 
Yeah, and, and congrats also to uh, Vera Virus, who for the second straight year won American Athletic Conference uh, Goalkeeper of the Year Award. Uh, by the way, UCF did beat Temple earlier this year 2-1 to one in Philadelphia. That was back on the September 27th. Uh, and then Memphis would be next. Of course, that was the 2 nothing win that UCF had that really boosted their RPI and gave them a shot to host the tournament uh, heading into the final week before they lost to... Uh, to USF, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a mess right now in women's soccer in the American, uh, with uh, Memphis having the highest RPI at 16, USF at 17. And you're right, Eric. This is going to be a tough road for UCF trying to get through. Uh, if it, you can, I don't want to say safely assume because you never know what happens, but uh, it it's quite possible that they'll ha- they would have to beat both of those teams plus Temple in order to win. The conference, so you know, if they get through, yeah, them, just congratu- win the league. You're gonna have to win the league. Yeah, yeah. congratulations, now you're going to earn it one way or the other. <laughs> but the good news is, look, that's where they're going to shoot for. It's not like I mean, they could that USF match could have gone either way, so it's not like uh, they don't have a chance. They're going to have a, they have players that have known there, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, this year has just been one of those deals. They just could never, you know, they they had injuries and then they had players played internationally and. Yeah. Feels you like know, every just, time they flip the coin, it's like it came up tails like fi- like fifty times in a row, and you're correct. like, "Come on, man!" And what really and what really what stings right now is think about the overtime loss to East Carolina at home. Think about the yep. loss to SMU at home. If you take care of business at home, you don't have to worry about playing Wednesday. You would, yeah. you might, you might have won the regular season title. Uh, the, well, well, heck, the the rain uh, the rained out game for Florida Gulf Coast, the two to one loss in OT to Texas. I mean, that would have helped out their RPI if they had won that game. Um. Yeah, they well, tied. They tied. Mar- they tied Maryland one-one, <laughs> which was a bad. Yeah, and the Florida turns out is having their worst year in fifteen years under Becky Burley. Like unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. What are you going to do? But and yet still here they are with a chance to get to the NCAA's once again. And would you be surprised if they won it? No, because again they have the best goalie in the conference at Vera Veras. And when you and when you have Vera, you have a chance. And Stephanie Sanders and company, they have a chance. They've been tested. They've played in overtime matches. But they got to take it one match at a time. Here's the thing. I mean, I could see them winning the league. I could also see them getting, getting upset on Wednesday. They're that yeah. kind of team this year, Jeff. I know. It's weird. So Temple and USF uh, from Tampa on the American Digital Network. That's set for Halloween Wednesday, October 31st, 4.30 like p.m. That. Yeah. Like well, playing on Halloween. <laughs> well, well, they'll get the game done in time for trick-or-treating, so that's actually good. No, I'm just saying weird stuff happens. I, mean, I know. Awesome. Yeah. Is it a full moon? I don't know. I haven't checked the phase of the moon. Anyway, so that's what you want to keep an eye on. Um, and if UCF does win that game, that would get them to 10 wins uh, once again under Tiffany roberts So, uh Murph, you were at baseball. I was I was a lot of places, Jeffrey. I was at Publix. <laughs> I was, <laughs> yes, I was I at baseball. I got a sub, you know. <laughs> you got a, yeah. Um, I yeah, I was at baseball. I was also at basketball. So, which one of those do you want to talk about? I want to. I want to wrap with basketball. So, give us a quick rundown of baseball. What's what's been going on with the inter squad games and all that? What have you seen so far? Uh, you know, it's been it's been a very relaxed atmosphere. Uh, it's been fun to watch uh, Greg Lovelady sort of uh, walk around the concourse and talk to people while his team is playing on the field. Like, <laughs> like, shouldn't you be managing? No, it's yeah, it's, it's a it, it, it's a scrimmage. Who cares? team kind of manages um, itself <laughs> I, I think you know that's kind of what's fun i think uh, so i went to the the third of i went to the third of three um black and gold world series games um i, I think the one thing i kind of saw was they that for for a moment for a couple innings this offense made 
uh, a pretty big park look pretty small. Uh, Tyler Ostick homered, Dallas Bieber homered. I believe, Aaron, I, did, I believe Anthony George homered either that or he hit a, he hit a ball deep uh, that was like a double. Um, but yeah, there, there's like some there was some some real pop there that uh, was like that's you know encouraging because we really don't know what to expect out of his offense, especially in the power department. Uh, and then you know, in in pitching, uh, it's it. You're gonna have a lot of power arms. You're gonna be a lot of guys you don't know name wise, but you know, just talking to people, it seems like there's gonna be a lot of fire. Which I mean, that's kind of what baseball is. Like, it, you know, if you throw 95, you know, woohoo, good for you. That was special 10 years ago, but now everybody does. Well, now they're doing it in college. Uh, there's yeah. one kid. There's one kid who uh, is a uh, a freshman. Uh, I, I want to pronounce. I'm trying to pronounce his last name. It's the it, guys. It's it's fall. I'm I'm not I'm not exactly <laughs> sure to pronounce these names yet. Uh, but I believe That's the beauty of fall ball, you learn them. I believe it's Lipkowski. I believe it's no it's it's Nolan Lipkowski, and you know him because he yeah, has Nolan a, Lipkowski. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's let, I, I believe that's correct. Uh, and you you know who he is. He's hard to miss because he has a giant beard. He has. <laughs> So and he's a big dude. He's like 240 pounds. Yeah, he's six five, two forty. He's at a manor in high school in Jacksonville. So I have heard that he sits. He can sit at between ninety five to ninety seven, <laughs> which is sort of nuts for a college baseball player who wasn't drafted out of high school. Uh, and so how did like? I, there's a story. There's got to be a story there, right? Like how a kid who throws this hard not get drafted out of high school and how does he end up here i know it's in florida but what happened anyway (laughs) well that's i now okay so that so speaking of teams that we're just really not sure what we're going to get out of this year uh men's basketball you were at the exhibition flyer college we're going to start our basketball uh preview stuff once we get through the football game on thursday night um luke saris is working on a preview i know brian you've got a bunch of stuff that's up there that you've been working on not just for us but also for the sentinel which has been really amazing um and an 86 69 victory over uh flagler in the exhibition doesn't count toward ucf's um regular season uh tally but uh some of the highlights for the night's taco fall was eight for eight from the field 17 points uh to lead ucf uh they got 13 points out of uh B.J. Taylor to go with uh, six assists, and mm-hmm. uh, we had an Aubrey Dawkins sighting, 11 points on uh, four of nine from the field, including two of six from deep. He had a dunk in, on uh, on the fast break as well as a UCF for the game shot, uh, 57%. And can, can I even, can I say this, Brian, beat Flagler by only 17 points? <laughs> Wow. Does, it, does it does it matter, Jeffrey? It's it really doesn't. It, it, it's an exhibition, you know. I mean, you, you know, Johnny Dawkins was trying to was trying to, you know, you and in an exhibition you try all kinds of weird things and you kind of like don't it, to, you care about the score less than you would if you it was a regularly scheduled regular season it, game. But give me your give me your top three observations from this. You know, what, what was well, good? Good, what could, it, what needs work? Well, it's a good thing you didn't watch it because at one point Flagler cut it from twenty-one to eight with about twelve minutes left. At that point, if you were watching this game, oh, yeah, I would have been in I would have been in meltdown mode. You would have been having dry heaps. You would have been completely <laughs> dying. I know. Um, you know, but no. So you know, it, 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 you saw a lot of what this team is going to do. It, was, it wasn't you know this team has an identity. 
it's still very much based around defense. Uh, you saw that there. So after Flacco cut it to eight, uh, UCF forced, I think five turnovers in a, about a three and a half minute span and pretty quickly pushed it back up from eight to 19. <laughs> and that's what this team's going to do. You know, this, and this team's going to, you know, shoot a lot of threes as well. Aubrey Dawkins is a big sharpshooter. Um, and I think, so one of the observations I, I really sort of like didn't know coming in, because you know Taco Fall, you know B.J. Taylor, you know Aubrey, and at least you got to see him out there. Frank Burtz, who is a transfer yeah. from East L.A. College, because i got to wrap the kids on the West Coast, my home. Uh, there, is such a, there is such a thing? What? There's a, there's a directional school in Los Angeles. Yes, East L.A.? What are you talking about? East L.A., West L.A., South? Yeah, we got we got all that. All right. You're unaware. Uh, but, yes, there's East L.A. College. Uh, Frank Burtz, uh looks a lot like Aubrey Dawkins. <laughs> so much so that Eric Kohler, the fantastic oh, no. EA voice. Oh, no, did he? EA voice. Oh. <laughs> actually said on one of Frank's baskets, Aubrey Dawkins. Oh wait, no, Frank Burns. <laughs> but it's true. Was it was it was I, it a Freudian slip or was it a joke? I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. no Absolutely, it's a slip. And I don't mean. Back, that. <laughs> oh, I don't want. And I'm, 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 oh, I'm good friends with EA, <laughs> but I do remember Murph. You might have been at the stadium when this happened. You remember the 08 Memphis game where uh, uh, Mike Greco is a quarterback and EK kind of made the slip there. I think he referenced him as Tebow. Oh, he did? No, I didn't know oh, that. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. love you, EK. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, we've no. All, we've all been there. We've all been there. We've all EK, had that. EK's the mayor. He is absolutely yeah. the mayor. Yeah, he is the mayor. Um, but it's it's not a bad it's not a bad uh, comparison. I mean, he's lanky. He's a little shorter than Aubrey. He's not as built as Aubrey, but he is really good on defense. Uh, I can really shoot the ball. He hit about he hit about forty eight percent of his threes at uh, East LA last year, and he and he took a lot of them. Uh, so it's just it's kind of it's kind of nuts that you know we're all we're all waiting to see Aubrey, and I think we might have kind of like his his somewhat of a mini me Aubrey, just a little more unheralded, mm-hmm. uh, right behind him. Yeah. Um, Taco, Taco Fall has a new free throw shooting motion. I'm not sure if I like it. <laughs> what, what is he doing? They're doing the Rick Barry underhand thing. Like how? What's happening here? Uh, he's not going underhanded, but it's it's ugly. It's ugly. It's ugly. It's ugly. Wow. Well, hey, I mean, man, you got it. You if it, listen. If it gets in, who cares? Right. Right. Yeah, if right. That's the point. Right. So, so in this exhibition, he was one for four, and he okay, actually hit so his first one. Didn't really work all that well. I mean, I think he, you know, but but look, if he makes fifty percent of his free throws. Then what does it matter, right? Like I'll take Taco Ball at fifty percent. That's totally fine. That's fair. It's just it's hard for me to describe it. It looks like he's going to shoot with two hands, and then at the last second he overextends one hand, and it's almost like he shot put. Like it's it's really it's weird. It's really it's weird looking. But hey, if it's effective, I won't say I won't say a word about it. It's just you know things that are new scare us. Uh, as human beings, and this 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 first this first motion kind of scares me. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, it was a very typical UCF effort, and they are uh, less than a week away from their season opener at home I against Ryder. By the way, the the season the season opener, I think I think this is actually pretty cool. So it's homecoming week, 
and they're mm-hmm. putting the big stage on the north end of the arena. Now, the UCF just announced this. I don't know if you've heard this yet. What they're going to do for the uh, for the game is, uh, which is they're we're playing Ryder uh, on Tuesday, November sixth at six thirty p.m. What they're going to do is leave the stage up for the entire um, f- for the whole week. And the introductions, there's going to be like supposedly really theatrical introductions for the uh, for the team coming into the game using the stage and all that kind of stuff. And they're moving the student section because that's where the stage is actually set up um, just for this game only. So it should be a rather unique atmosphere for uh, for uh, for UCF Arena uh, for the game on uh, on Tuesday night at six thirty. So. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to turn out, but I mean, hey, why not try something a little bit different? We didn't really get any, um, you know, Midnight Madness per se anymore. I miss that. I miss Midnight Madness. No, but... you know, they had they had a fan fest last week, but uh, yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. That's not the same. I went to. The, I think I went to the last actual Midnight Madness we had in the mm-hmm. old arena, and it was fun. Like we saw intra squad games between the men and the women's team, and uh, uh, and it was like I said, it was a. It was a good time. But the season starts for UCF men's basketball Tuesday, November the 6th. Uh, women's basketball, just wanted to update you real quick on their schedule. Uh, they actually start their slate on Wednesday at Pitt. 11 a.m. start, ACC Network Extra uh, for um, uh, for, uh, for, uh, for UCF's women's basketball team. They actually don't play a home game. This is unbelievable. They don't play a home game until the, until the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Saturday, November 24th. So they open up on the road at Pitt, at Stetson, at Mercer, at Central Michigan. Uh, and before they... Not an easy slate. I mean, no. I mean, I mean, Stetson is very good. Coach Bria, and we know she can coach. Former UCF coach has done a great job at Stetson. Mercer is pretty good. I mean, I like it, though. Test yourself on the road early, right? I mean, you know, that's, that's the key. Try yeah. to get yourself better. Uh, they're, 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 uh, testing, they're testing them on the road early for sure on that one because then they come back for that. Thanksgiving tournament against Richmond and Villanova, but that's going to be, whew, boy, that's uh, that's 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 a tough that's a tough go right there. But hopefully they'll be able to get through that actually in pretty good shape. So, uh, and 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 you'll be at you, uh, Murph. I know you'll be at the uh, men's opener, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that, is that kind of catch you off guard? No, no, it <laughs> no, it doesn't catch me off. <laughs> but well, but I mean, what yeah. else is he gonna be? There's no, no more Major League Baseball this year. Right? Yeah, you know, I know. Gotta... Uh, thank you. Well, Murph and I are both <laughs> in like thank God for that, right? You know, but yeah, um, no, yeah, and we're, and we're both in mourning over the apparent end of the Kyle Kyle Lella era. Counting, well. Murph's not only can he not only he's gonna be a basketball, he's counting down to like the baseball opener against Siena February fifteenth. I mean, guys, guys, we are we are almost right in the middle of the general manager meetings for MLB. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. I mean, come on, more baseball. If you tell me that baseball. you're actually going to attend the owners' meetings in Orlando, we're going to have to have a talk. Is that really in Orlando? <laughs> don't they don't they host the owners' meetings in Orlando every year? Sometimes I think they switch. Sometimes they switch yeah. locations. Oh, I tried to go. I tried to go to the winners the winter meetings here. Uh, was it last year? Two years ago? I think it was last year. Yeah, I sure they were here. Those things are expensive. Man, is it expensive to get in there? God darn! Wait, to, wait to get into what? People? To get to, to get into the hotel? Yeah, oh, like to, the, or to actually yeah. stay at the hotel. I can understand no, staying to at get the, into the hotel. Wait, they charge you to get in? As yes. for the winter meetings, yes. What? 
Okay. Well, yeah, well, they don't just let anybody come in there. Yeah. Oh, well, what if it, like you can go and attend things at the winter meetings? I didn't know you could do this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because they got they have conventions and you know baseball card stuff and a bunch of stuff. You know, you, and maybe you run into somebody. You know, and it's kind of fun. But man, it's it's it, you know it's expensive. Man, I didn't realize that it was like anyway. a big, huge baseball convention. Holy smokes! All right. Um, yeah. Note to self. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, what are you guys working on, uh, Eric? I'll start with you. Well, I'm actually going to start with a plug of a different podcast I do. Uh, I'm hosting host in the circle on Fast Pitch News, and I recently, most recent episode, I just had Heather Tarr, the head coach of Washington, who knows UCF's new head coach Cindy Ball very well, Jeffrey. In fact, here's a clip from the interview talking about Cindy Ball taking over UCF and the, how to those those two go way back. I know the Porto Vallarta tournament in Mexico, you'll be a part of that. The tournament announced their schedule recently, and what jumped out to me is you're scheduled to play UCF, which is going to become like a Husky reunion there. You have uh, Coach Sidney Balls, the new head coach at UCF, was coached under you at Washington, and you both were together at Pacific back when you were in Pacific. And then Jen Sallings, the volunteer coach there in Victoria Haywood, is the director of ops. That's a, that's a pretty good reunion there, kind of a nice little uh, uh, bonding there uh, that weekend there. Exactly. I know. It's, uh, I don't, I've not had a lot of that happen. I mean, maybe I'm still, like, too young in coaching, but <laughs> super proud of Cindy Ball and what she's been able to do, you know, building that Boise State program and then having the confidence enough to, to move on and kind of continue to build her career down in, in Central Florida. I mean, what an opportunity for her to – you know, take that program for where it is and just ton of resources there. But then, you know, she kind of like puts an exclamation on it with adding Jen Salling to the staff. I mean, what an asset she is. And then Victoria Hayward to be able to work behind the scenes. Victoria was up here um, just this past weekend with us at our alumni game. So we're like, no pictures, no video. Come on, Vic. <laughs> you can't sit behind home plate and watch Gabby plane pitch. No, just kidding. But, you know, it's just a, a great opportunity for them to grow that program down there and continue to, you know, try to, you know, help the state of Florida um, continue to uh, grow in softball. and A lot of people and then the direction they're going to. I mean, I had a chance to talk to Coach Ball recently. She said you were a big influence in her getting into coaching as she was playing uh, in Pacific and then joined you and the staff later on at Washington. I mean, that's got to mean a lot to you when you got people that are having success and they, they kind of reference you as someone that helped them get to where they're at. Well, I mean, all of, all of the people that have probably ever talked about me in conversation that I've had the opportunity to work with, I mean, they've taught me just as much. I mean, Cindy Ball probably taught me more about being a pitching coach than she would have ever known because we didn't quite have a pitching coach when she was playing at Pacific. And so I kind of helped her and became her confidant while she was in the circle. She called her own game, and we kind of, you know, would always talk about the game from that way, and she taught me a lot. That's Heather Tarr, national champion head coach at Washington, talking about Sydney Ball and UCF and Jen Salling and Victoria Haywood, all the Huskies. You can listen to the full interview on In the Circle on Fast Pitch News. Follow us on Twitter on In the Circle SB. Like us on Facebook. You can listen to that podcast. All the same platforms that you're listening to this quality, beautiful podcast uh, as well. So that that's if you want some UCF softball stuff, that's uh, you, you got some insights on there. She talks in depth about that. Um, so we'll have that, and then uh, I'm going to see if I can sneak out to that football game against Temple and say hello to my friend Laura Rutledge, who I haven't seen in yeah. since Oklahoma City. She's going to be down on the sideline there. Gene Chizik, how about this? Gene Chizik, Jeffrey, you know this, was the defensive coordinator at UCF from 98 to 01. I was a student paper writer, all right, in 2001. And I don't know how this happened, because this would never happen in today's landscape. 
So I was with the student paper at the time. It was not the uh, it's not the future. It was the other one that was trying to compete with the future. Did not succeed. <laughs> the Independent, <laughs> it was called. And I got. I remember the Independent. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I so I worked on that when I arrived on campus, and we I actually got to fly with the team back then. They actually had the meet some of the meet student media and stuff like that fly with the football team. Um, and so we flew when to this. I flew to the season opener because the editors wanted to drive the game and go as a fan. They're like, "Hey, do you want to? Do you mind if you just covered the game?" I'm like, "Uh, I get a free flight. Yeah. Uh, then where do I sign up?" <laughs> So I, I got to go to the Clemson season opener with Woodrow Danzler as the quarterback and Tommy Bowden. So I went to the football game. That's where I met Jerry O'Neill. Had a lot thicker beard back then, uh, and the crew. Oh. They were playing poker, and uh, I was in that that uh, flight, and I covered that game. It was a good game. I got to be at Death Valley in Clemson. Hello, I got to meet a guy by the name of Brandon Helwig, who uh, has done pretty well for himself at UCFSports.com. There, UCF lost that game twenty-one to thirteen. Uh, among the coaches I talked to after the game, a guy by the defensive coordinator named Gene Chizik, who people were praising after holding Clemson to 21 points. So uh, it's kind of cool to see Gene Chizik at a UCF game. I don't even know when was the last time he's been to a UCF game. There were a lot of rumors, you know, over the years about him becoming the head coach at UCF here yes. and there. The his name has always been, Logan, I think so. the last yep. two times it's been his name has been bandied around. About that, because he's familiar with the program and everything, but he'll be back here in a broadcasting capacity. And um, interesting, yeah, I remember the independent. But Murph and I are we're, uh, future guys, so you know. yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know why I got, yeah, I got, I got a free flight out of it. Screw the like. independent, yeah. uh, <laughs> Murph. What that was you... fun. That was a lot of fun. So uh, we'll see if I'm able to go there. I got to take care of some things personally, but uh, to attend to, but that works out. I hope to be out there at least for a little bit and uh, see that game and. Uh, yeah, Gene Chizik will be part of the TV crew with Dave Fleming, who, by the way, called the Peach Bowl win against Auburn, and Rust, uh, Dusty Dvorak, who was the analyst for the South Florida win. So a lot of familiarity, and then people know who Laura Rutledge is by now. Please don't yell at Laura Rutledge about Paul Feinbaum, okay? Please. And people, people, let's enjoy this, people. Stop griping and being all bitter like Jeff. Oh, we're only ranked 12. We are we are in the people's lips, as George O'Leary would say. We're in the conversation. People spend segments on talking about UCF on the selection show. Um, let's, let's calm down. Enjoy this ride. Be polite to your ESPN contraries that you talk to. If you disagree with them, I get it, but be nice to them. And, well, and invite them to come to College Game Day to bring it here November 17th. Let's work on that because I actually believe after watching that selection show that that is still in play. I think UCF – I think Game Day does want to come to UCF. I think there's some kind of gamesmanship going on here. And I, I think uh, I think there's a chance if UCF takes care of business in Cincinnati, there's a chance. But let's be nice to people, please. And I, I would say that in general. I don't think effing people on Twitter really is going to solve your case I'm making the top four. Maybe uh, that doesn't work. So be nice, people. Enjoy it. This is not a bad thing. This is enjoy this ride. I mean, but God, we had two winless seasons we had to sit through. I mean, who the hell cares? I, I mean, I'm thrilled we're ranked, period. The more you know with Eric Lopez. Uh, Murph, what do you got <laughs> did, coming did, up? <laughs> what, I really, what I really want to know is, did George O'Leary really say we're in the people's lips? Because he said I, in I, the people's Maybe. He might have said something to that extent. Brandon knows the – Brandon's always the one that uses that liner – and I think George said that in a presser. But I think this was during the realignment. Like, hey, we're, we're in people's that is lips. fantastic, and that's oh, true. I mean, 
if you get a chance, because I know you spent time with Brandon, obviously at the home and away games, just Brandon's got a bunch of O'Leary's storylines and impressions. It's great because yes, he was yeah. every presser and the old man somehow, uh, you know, he, he had some he had some interesting comments to uh, from time to time. That was interesting oh, to say man. the least. Me and Brandon have shot back. Me and Brandon have shot back and forth with that because I was I was here for about five or six years for the O'Leary experience, and so we. We've done a lot of O'Leary impressions this year for some reason. More, more than most. <laughs> what do well, you got? <laughs> you know, he does. He does. Well, I think because yeah. we miss it. Because I mean, George. Yes, he hid some things in the media, but he always got some content that was interesting. I mean, nothing against Josh or even Scott Frost, <laughs> but you know, those guys kind of play more to the vest. You don't really get a lot in these pressers. Where George, George had his wine liners that uh, kind of cracked you up. I mean, I'll never forget. I never forget. I asked him a question after a UTEP win. He was starting Brandon Alexander as a freshman, and I said, "Hey, what'd you think of Brandon? You know, he played well, made some plays. Then he's like, uh, wasn't he supposed to? What, what, are, what are you reading? I mean, they were throwing at him. <laughs> See, they were throwing at him. And then he comes back to me. Ah, and then afterwards, he's like, I'm just messing with you. You know that? I, that was a fair question. I <laughs> he just uh, really, yeah. That's about as close to an apology as you'll ever get from George O'Leary about anything. <laughs> it really was because he's like. He's like, I understand what you say, and you know, because I was complimenting Brandon because he made a lot of plays. He's like, well, they were throwing at him all night. Of course, he had to make some plays, but you know, he understood. He's he's always been an interesting character, and that's why he'll always be somewhat bipolar in that regard to the audience. But I think I would assume Brandon, who's been to thousands of these pressers, uh, probably misses that kind of entertainment. Probably is why you probably <laughs> and and will continue to see some of those stories, uh, impressions moving yeah. forward. I was entertained enough by George O'Leary in my years at UCF. But uh, anyway, uh, Murph, what do you got coming up? Well, Jeff, like Eric, I'm going to completely ignore your question and go somewhere else. <laughs> Jeffrey. I've been, I've been, Jeffrey, I've been ignored this talk. entire podcast, but go ahead. <laughs> Jeffrey, <laughs> let's talk about kickers. Can we talk about kickers for like two minutes here? I, I'm going to set the maximum at two minutes on kickers. This is important. Actually, no. I, I, is... Actually, no. I take that back. I listen. Kickers are people too, so you have the floor. Exactly. This is important. Temple uh, is actually had a kicker uh, named Aaron. Let me make sure I get this right. Aaron Bumeri, uh, who is like among the top ten in school uh, all-time scoring, and uh, after two games this year, he underwent uh, hip surgery and is now done for the year. So. Temple has now turned to a walk-on redshirt freshman named Will Mobley, who is only three of five in field goals this year, and his long is 33 yards. Now, he's hit every extra point he's taken, which is 30 for 30. But uh, that's something to keep in mind with his with his lack of distance on field goals and his spotty accuracy. Because obviously we know that Matthew Wright, your back-to-back AAC Special Teams Player of the Week, is eight for eight this year, including four of four from forty or longer. Uh, so Matty that Ice. is just that is something to watch in this game. He had a huge game against ECU that really got that offense sort of off the schneid when they were hoping and searching for anything. Um, so Matthew Wright it, it could prove to be a pretty huge weapon, and, and this kicker battle in itself uh, will be something to watch in a game that, if Vegas is correct, will be fairly close. Wow. Battle of the kickers. It all See, goes back is, to that. This is the kind of analysis that you can get only at blackandgoldbetteret.com. 
Um, By the way, I don't know. I I always, I mean, I know Matty Ice is his Twitter handle, but I mean, I always prefer Matt Wright all night or all night Matt Wright. By the way, you want to know it's going to be a nighttime game. Anyway, more. You want to know that that Matthew Wright uh, wants to work in either the uh, Department of Defense or in like space aeronautics once he's once he's done. Like one of the reasons why he came to UCF is because of the huge space program. Is Is he an aerospace engineering major? He sure is. He's he got to sure be the first is. aerospace engineering major that I know from UCF since Josh Taylor. I don't know who that is. He was a wide receiver on the O three team who had one career. He was a he was a uh, he was like Rudy. He had one career catch and it was in his final game on the last. Wouldn't possession. it make Wouldn't it make sense for like Matthew Wright to have like a five for five game in which he hits the game winner in the space jersey? In the space game, nonetheless, yeah. Yeah, with the space jersey, yeah. Like, wouldn't it make sense? It would make it would you, be are you, poetic are you, justice. Are you? Are you? You're Mr. Space Guy. You got to come to this game, right? I mean, this is your. This has got you all written all over this. It's going to be a heavy lift with the kids. This is why I say to human beings, don't procreate. Ah. <laughs> the human race, the human race is doomed as it is. Evolution will work its course. Wow, <laughs> the heck of a way to end it, there, yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> so. end it there. Yeah. You're worried yeah, about we're top out. four. Look at that. Yeah, yeah you're gotta... worried about you're worried about football rankings. The human race is dying, Jeffrey. <laughs> it's, it's, we're in the middle of a mass extinction. It's 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 all over. It's, it's all over after this. You may not hear from us again. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's gonna do it for the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. At least for this episode. I don't know. Maybe longer. Uh, it, we're gone. We're the end done. is nigh. No. <laughs> so uh, don't forget to hit us up at blackandgoldbanneret.com, SP Nation's home for your UCF Knights, uh, facebook.com slash blackandgoldbanneret, and also UCF underscore banneret on Twitter. You can follow us each individually at Jeff underscore Sharon, uh, Eric Lopez, Elo, and Spokes underscore Murphy, and subscribe to this podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and tune in. So... Again, Thursday night, we got football for you, UCF against Temple. Anything wild happens, we may have an emergency podcast or not. I don't know. Uh, but so that it's game always will... a space odyssey with this. With this with every, when you got yes. UCF in the podcast there. It is a, it is a space odyssey uh, indeed as we continue. Well, giant steps are what you take when you're walking on the moon. Um, so we'll have that for you. Don't forget to catch up on all the latest content that we have on blackgoldbanner.com. Uh, Zach Goodall, Luke Saris, um, Chaz Short, uh, Jeremy Brenner, and the entire crew Derek helping Warden. us out. Derek Warden, who's just who's going to have another photo gallery for us uh, coming off of the space game as well, which I cannot wait for because I'm looking forward to seeing more pictures of those uniforms. Should be a lot of fun. So uh, once again, thanks to all of them. Thanks to you guys. Thanks, Jeff. Go get a lozenge. <laughs> and thanks to you for <laughs> thanks to you for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Uh, For Eric Lopez and Brian Murphy, I'm Jeff Sharon. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the space game on Thursday, guys. We'll see you.